everyone, my name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So hi, you wonderful people out there. Glad to have you back for another week of awesomeness. By the way, I'm still not over Dr. James Berry, a.k.a. Margaret Ann Bulkley from last week. Okay, last week's story was just out of this world. I mean, the thought of having to become an entirely different person of the opposite gender in order to follow your dreams, just like, oh my God, mind-blowing. No offense to men, by the way. I don't want that to be read as in like, oh my God, becoming a man, horrible. No, I just mean I'm very secure in myself and I couldn't imagine having to like become a totally different person. But you will do anything to go after what you want, truly. Oh, and before we get too deeply into this, check out my Instagram and Facebook for the winner of the AirPods Gratitude Giveaway. Woohoo! So glad to be giving these back. I am so excited to be brainstorming about what to give you guys next. And I'll be shouting them out personally in next week's episode. So please stay tuned for the winner. Now, this week, I wanted to continue on the theme of telling the stories of doctors and caregivers because I love giving props to these awesome people, especially during this pandemic. Caregivers have been putting in overtime in every single aspect and space of our lives. And for that, we should all be forever grateful. So this week, we'll be discussing the story of another individual who was called to the world of medicine and science, though not without significant stumbling blocks placed within their path. Coming from humble beginnings during a tumultuous time in history, this individual was given challenge after challenge, doubted and discouraged by their own peers as well as the opposition. This person would also go on to become a forerunner in developing and extracting chemical compounds that would change the landscape of the medical world forever, all while fighting to receive their very basic human rights in their own home. So this week, we'll be covering the creator, the clarified, the chemist, Percy Julian. Percy LaVon Julian was born April 11, 1899 in Montgomery, Alabama. Percy was the oldest and would have five other younger siblings. As an African-American family in the South, the Julian family was subjected to brutal racism and Jim Crow era oppression. Just to give context, Percy's grandfather had been born enslaved, Sir Percy was not so far removed from that time period. Despite the harrowing conditions for African-Americans in the South, both of Percy's parents were gainfully employed. Percy's father, James, was a clerk for the post office, and his mother, Elizabeth, was a schoolteacher. Percy's parents would have a huge impact on his academic pursuits as he grew up as they emphasized education amongst Percy and his siblings. While they were able to make a living, the threat of death at the hands of their neighbors was always right around the corner. When Percy was growing up, he'd found a man that had been lynched in an area just outside of his home. Like, I couldn't imagine the terror 
of having to live under those conditions and so close to your own home. Percy excelled in school as learning was effortless for him, easily progressing to the high school level. Sadly, African-Americans were not offered schooling past an eighth grade level at the time, so there were literally no African-American high schools in Montgomery for Percy to attend. But Percy had a plan. He would apply to DePaul University in Greencastle, Indiana, that accepted very few Black students with a concentration in chemistry. Once enrolled, Percy would be placed on an academic level right below a freshman, then take remedial classes in order to earn the appropriate number of credits to advance. So Percy was studying his college coursework while simultaneously taking the high school level courses he needed. This in itself, I mean, an absolutely amazing feat because it is difficult enough just taking the regular college coursework load full time, but having to also take on additional coursework while navigating racial discrimination. I mean, emotionally and mentally taxing beyond comprehension just beyond comprehension. I just couldn't understand the anxiety he was living under. And I just wanted to run down some of the appalling behavior Percy faced while attending university. Greencastle was still enforcing segregation, so Percy wasn't allowed to live on campus as that was reserved for white students. He'd found housing off campus, but the owners denied him meal service because he was African-American. Eventually, Percy worked at a frat house that allowed him room and board, but he was forced to live in the attic. So imagine, you go off to university to study. You're taking double the course load. You're in a town far away from your home with strange people who judge you as inferior without ever even knowing you, and they just treat you like absolute crap everywhere you go. Sounds like some pretty horrible conditions to find oneself in when trying to simply graduate college, correct? But here's the thing. Percy didn't just graduate college. Oh no, oh no. He did much more than that. Percy would graduate as the first in his class, valedictorian with honors in 1920. With all the BS going on with his education, Percy was still able to graduate at the very top of his class. And I think that tells you all you need to know about Percy. But this is just the beginning. Following his graduation, Percy would take a teaching position at Fisk University while he figured out his next move. Jobs in chemistry didn't exist for African-Americans at the time, so Percy had to carve out a different career path. Percy would work as a teacher for about two years before he won a fellowship to attend Harvard University and complete his master's. Sadly, after completing his master's, Harvard would block Percy from pursuing his PhD as he was an African-American who would be teaching white students, which the university would not allow. Percy would leave Harvard and teach at other universities that had a more favorable outlook on African-American professors, such as Howard University. Shout out the real HU. While teaching, Percy's work ethic and academic record spoke for itself. 
he was offered a fellowship to complete his doctorate degree in natural chemistry, attending the University of Vienna in Europe around 1929. So Europe was not as racially polarized as the United States, and Percy was allowed to pursue his academic interest unfettered by discrimination and prejudices. As such, just two years later, Percy would be one of the first African-Americans in history to be awarded his PhD in chemistry. When Percy completed his degree, he'd returned to United States and picked up his teaching job at Howard University once again. Percy would only teach at Howard for a year before moving on due to staff conflicts and scandals when personal letters of his were published to the public by individuals who were interested in removing him as a department head. As Percy has shown us time and again, when one door closes, he simply builds another to his destination. I admire that sort of moxie and relentless pursuit because it is not easy being constantly rejected in this way and still moving forward. After leaving Howard University, Percy ended up back at his alma mater, DePaul University, in 1933, thanks to the help and recommendation of a former professor. Percy would work two years as the head of research projects before, in 1935, with the help of another fellow, Percy would successfully synthesize two chemicals derived from the calabar bean that could be used for various medical treatments. This was groundbreaking work that established Percy at the top of his field as an exceptional chemist and published researcher. With this accomplishment, Percy pursued a faculty position at DePaul, but was denied due to his race. Again, Percy was being denied due to his race, a factor that was completely out of his control in spite of proving himself as a pioneer in the chemistry field. It was around the same year that Percy would marry Anna Roselle, who'd worked with him at Howard University. The couple would go on to have two children, a boy and a girl. After being denied several jobs in academia, Percy would eventually turn to the private sector. In 1936, Percy was offered a job as director of research of soya products by the Glidden Company, who were based in Illinois. And if I'm saying that wrong, I'm so sorry. Glidden, Glidden, I think it's Glidden. <laughs> Percy would accept the position, which would allow him the resources and freedom to develop, research, and learn about soybean proteins and its many uses and applications. Percy's research would change the industry, eventually developing compounds and products that would be used regularly in World War II and the medical industry, such as allowing the mass production of birth control at a more affordable price point. While working for Glidden, Percy and his family would move to Illinois and become the first African-American family to live in the suburb of Oak Park. Let's talk about some of the attacks the family received when they first arrived in the neighborhood, such as their home being literally bombed on two separate occasions. Um, yes, you heard that right. 
In one occasion, it was a firebomb. And then less than a year later, actual dynamite was used to attempt to blow up their home. Percy would work for the Glidden Company until 1953, when he decided that he would strike out and start his own research laboratory called Julian Laboratories. He would also start a nonprofit called the Julian Research Institute that supported science research for minorities and the marginalized, plus several other successful research enterprises. After less than 10 years, Julian Laboratories was sold for $2 million. Back then, back then, I like I had to highlight that, making Percy one of the first Black millionaires in 1961. Percy would focus on his other research enterprises, as well as his social advocacy work, by providing African-American chemists with the resources, career paths, and support that he never received in pursuit of their degrees. Percy would continue to work for himself and his research companies until his death. Percy Julian passed away from cancer on April 19, 1975. Man, I don't know if you guys can tell, but a story like Percy Julian's is just, I mean, it's like refreshment for my soul. I can't describe it any other way. The way this man didn't allow literally anything to stop him from pursuing his dreams. And nothing seemed to shake the faith he had in himself. Percy went after what he wanted and stared the opposition in the eye unflinching after every door was slammed in his face. I mean, how many times are you going to be rejected for something as silly as the color of your skin? And you just keep going. You just keep on chugging, keep on knocking on different doors. Having to fight to gain even a little inch every step of the way with not a single bit of help or guidance being offered to you. I mean, do we even need to talk about the racial atrocities being perpetrated against him while pursuing his insanely lofty goals? Having your house bombed, not once, but twice. How do you continue on after that? This story highlights all the things I love about humanity. Vision, faith, and the unyielding and indomitable strength of the human spirit. Plus, as always, This man was also a person who helped others, who didn't just secure his own success, but devoted his life to providing the opportunities that were so unfairly and unjustly denied to him. Think of all the advances we've made in medical science and pharmacology due to the original work of Percy Julian. And you know, I had to end it on the perfect quote from him. People like Percy really inspire me to be better because if someone like Percy can succeed with so much pushing against him, think of what I can do now. Think of what you can do now with what you have, with what I have. The opportunities are limitless. And here is Percy Julian. I have had one goal in my life, that of playing some role and making life a little easier for the persons who come after me. You can check us out at madeofmetalpodcast.com 
You can follow Made of Metal Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And that's Made of Metal, M-E-T-T-L-E. And if you love the show and you'd like to support my passion for sharing these incredible stories with you, you can write a wonderful review, which I will definitely shout out on my show, or leave a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, my loves, have a wonderful holiday season. I am so pumped about the gratitude giveaways, about enjoying time with my family, about giving, giving, giving. So excited. I hope you guys have a wonderful time. Eat, drink, and be merry. And as always, bloom where you are planted. Mm-hmm.